You're listening to Pastor Greg Voorhees, recorded at Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, Sunday, March 5th, 2023. For more information about SVBC, visit their website, svbcfamily.com, or find them on all things social, at svbcfamily. The name of Jesus. Is there power in the name of Jesus? Oh, there's definitely power in the name of Jesus. And that's why that song is so cool. Because when we speak the name of Jesus into our situations, they change. This name Jesus, that's, that's, that's how we say his name in English. How about, how about Greek? Yeshua? Spanish, Jesus, Hebrew, Joshua. The thing that's cool, do you know what it means? All of these names, doesn't matter what language, Greek, Hebrew, Spanish, English, what, what does it mean? It means God saves. That's a good name. That's a good name. Do we have lots of Joshuas and Jesuses? And, and, and the, we, do we see these names a lot? That, it, it, but it's, does it have the, the same, quite the same meaning as when you use it in the context of the Most High God? No, it doesn't. But when you invoke the name of Jesus because you are reaching heaven and you are speaking to the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, There is unlimited power that comes with the name of Jesus. Not because of the words, but because of who you're calling on. The name of Jesus. Jesus thought it was a cool name. High priestly prayer. John 17. Jesus thanked thanked his Father for giving him that name. It's a good name. God saves. But when we speak the name of Jesus... Because we're talking about our Jesus, situations change. Sometimes we find healing in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we find wholeness in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what our need is in this church or what our need is in our lives. When we call on the name of Jesus He answers. He responds. The things that we ask for in the name of Jesus, God grants us these things. Mind you, the kind of the the stipulation of that is, is that if you're praying for things for the advancement of the kingdom or in your relationship, that's one thing. Don't use the name of Jesus to ask for a nice car. We talked about this. Lord, I want the pink Cadillac in Jesus' name. It's not going to happen. But if you say, God, I want to be closer to you in Jesus' name, you want to know what? He's going to draw closer to you. When you say, God, my, my, I'm hurting God. I need you in the name of Jesus. He responds. He always responds. 
the name of, there is such power in the name of Jesus. The dead rise in the name of Jesus. The lame walk in the name of Jesus. The deaf hear in the name of Jesus. What a gift. What a gift in that name. What's even more important in the name is the man it represents. My Jesus. My Jesus. Again, that's not our sermon. But I just get a little excited sometimes. I get a little excited about the name of Jesus and what it means. I am saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm already alive in an eternal way because of Jesus. That's just something to get a little excited about. Before Jesus, I was dead on the inside. After Jesus, I became alive on the inside. That's something to be excited about with the name of Jesus. If you are a believer, you are alive. Alive on the inside, alive in a spiritual, eternal way because of Jesus. Healings made possible because of the name of Jesus. It is impossible not to get just a little bit excited about that. Amen. Before we get into the sermon, I do have a few more announcements. You have to remember, I'm still in scatterbrain mode. A lot, lot of stuff's going on. Uh, first of all, I, I guess some people reached out to Sue and asked about Mom's uh, Memorial. Uh, Mom's Memorial will be at Pikeside United Methodist Church on Saturday at 11 o'clock. <coughs> so that's, that's why sometimes I'm just a little, little scatterbrained. Lots of things going on. We also, had a, we also had a friend this week. Um, she was particularly close to, to my, my girls, and the uh, I knew her from way back in high school. She was my age, and she passed this week. You know, so Heather Pleasance, if you can remember her family, my girls, because I said particularly Taylor, my daughter Taylor seemed to be particularly close with her. <coughs> uh, Victory Church, you know, that's the place I came from. They lost Pastor Dave yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you know Pastor Dave Consuelo. He was... His service to Victory Church was measured in decades, and not just years. This, this was a man who, who, who was, who was a, a champion for Christ. The, and I think and Facebook really kind of presents an interesting situation, because when you're on Facebook, you see how you're connected to all these different people that you never really even realized before. <coughs> and when I look at and when I was looking at some of Dave's people posting their Dave's, I, I see names like Brewer pops up. You know, I see names. You, you know, so there were people that, that, that were connected with this church who knew Dave. I, I, he married them or in one case or another. I mean, he was, Dave was the pastor at the church there when I was a teenager, and I, I played music in the church for the first time. I, I mean, his, his service goes back. Good man. Good man. It's going to cause a... He's not the senior pastor anymore. You know, my buddy Keith Cross is now. But it's still going to leave a vacuum, a hole in the church because he was very much loved. And for good reason. Dave, was, Dave is a good man. 
So, so the church, and then of course, Aaron Leslie, the, the church has been taking a hit you know, here this, this, this week. So the prayer team, if you haven't signed up yet, I'm going to be taking those lists down. The purpose of the prayer team, if you signed up for a day in March or a week or a day during the week that's more long-term, I'm going to be reaching out more with you guys. Like I said, life's been kind, of, been kind of swirly the last week or two. But if you signed up for a day and it's coming up and you haven't heard anything more, the purpose is pray for this church. Pray for the people in this church. Pray for Charles. Pray for the leadership in this church. Pray for health in this church. You know, I, I don't care if we're this size or we have to have three services. I want a healthy church. I want you to pray for a healthy church. That's what's most important to me. N numbers aren't everything. I, they're not anything. You know, God takes a couple loaves and fishes and feeds more than 5,000 people. Numbers aren't, numbers aren't a thing. But the, the leadership of this church and the health of this church is very important. If you're on that list, pray for those things. That is very, very, very important. And one last thing, if you were a visitor, I remember, I remember during worship, you're a visitor, there's a connection card. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a connection card in the pew in front of you. If you can fill that out and see Gloria over here, she'll give you a Shadow Valley Baptist cup. Woo! And that's a nice one. Mine is my friend. That's what I drink coffee with at work all the time. This week, this week we're going to be talking about God as my helper. Starting next Sunday, I'm hoping that we'll be more back on track, you know, with series and, and, and all these good things. This was selected because Psalm 121 was mom's favorite psalm. So, in fact, I'm reading it in the I'm reading it in her memorial or Saturday. So, Psalm 121 has always been important in, in kind of my spiritual life because it was important to my mom. But kind of the the big message that I see in Psalm 121 is that God is my helper. Psalm 121, 1 through 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I look, I lift my eyes to the mountains, or I lift my eyes to the hills. What's kind of important, even just the way this starts out? Often when we're in need of help, all of us are in need of help in some way. I don't know what your specific need is this morning. Some people may need financial help. Some people may have need heart help, whether it's because you're angry because you're sad. Some people may need emotional help 
because you're anxious or you're depressed. All of us need help in some way. That's the really cool thing about having a God who is my help. When I lift my eyes to the hills or I lift my eyes to the mountains, often when we get overwhelmed in our need and needing help, what posture do we normally take? Isn't this normally it? We look down. When we're trying to solve things or get over things or, or figure things out, and we're trying to do it in our own power and not in the name of Jesus, the posture we tend to take is this. We often get sad and depressed because things aren't working the way we think they should. But I want to propose to you a, 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 a way that's different. Instead of trying to solve your need on your own, for whatever this thing is you need help, don't look down. Look up. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of heaven and earth. If God has a, had a resume, I think that would probably be, pretty, be a big thing in that resume. The maker of heaven and earth. Why would that be? Because that is a qualification. That is a characteristic. He is the maker of heaven and earth. So if he can do that, is there anything in your life that he can't help you with? There's this picture. You can Google it later. It's called Pale Blue Dot. One of the, one of the, one of the satellites, I don't remember which one, it goes out, it was right about, I think it was right about Saturn or Uranus, and it turns around, and they take a picture of the Earth. And what in this picture of the Earth, basically all it is, is you see stars, one little beam of light, and then the center, there's a little tiny pale blue dot. You know what that blue dot is? It's the Earth. So all of the problems that we have, all of the problems, the things that we need help with, whether it's our situations, our finances, our health, whatever it is, it is all contained inside of that little pale dot. And when you look at it from a God perspective, it seems much smaller. In our world, it might be everything. But our biggest troubles, think about the little pale blue dot, is so small to the maker of the heavens and the earth. Is there anything too big for my God? No, there is not. You think parting the Red Sea was a big thing? I can assure you, if he wanted to, he could start at Ocean City and part that thing all the way to England so we could walk there. He could part the ocean if he wanted to. 
He could turn the whole thing to glass like that so we could just walk across it. Nothing is too big for the God who is my helper. So no situation that we endure is too big for our God. When we call on my God, my helper, there's nothing that he can't handle. We might feel like our lives are a shipwreck sometimes. Sometimes they are. Sometimes, sometimes it's like being, I was, a, I was a surfer boogie boarder dude when I was younger. And I'll tell you what, you get, you get a rough surf. What I'll never forget was Hampton, South Hampton. It was shore breakers, real strong currents. You try to boogie board into that thing or, no, I don't ever surf there, I boogie boarded there. You get there and you crash onto the, onto the beach and next thing you know, it's like sucking you in and another one, wham, hits you and it just it sucks you in and wham, it hits you. It's just like, this is insane. It's, it's, it's just sometimes life is like that. It seems like it throws us onto the beach and just pounds us over and over and over. My Lord, the things that have been happening in the lives of this people in this church, it's, it's been crazy. But the heavens, the maker of the heavens and the earth, whatever it is you need help with, he is big enough. He is strong enough. He is capable enough to meet your needs, and he will. He is not an apathetic, uncaring God. He is a God who listens when you call on him. When you call on your Father in the name of Jesus, He hears you and He listens and He responds. Talked about this in Sunday school. Wasn't part of the lesson. I'm not sure how I got there. You know, I'm a you know I'm a science guy. That's kind of my thing. I love science. And there are certain laws in nature like gravity. You, you know, they're, they're just very, very consistent. Nobody defies the law of gravity. I don't care. Uh, uh, unless you're a helium balloon, and eventually you do succumb to the, the, the laws of gravity, eventually. But the laws of science are very, very, they're, they're consistent. But God is more consistent than any natural law. God always listens. He always responds. He always hears he is always your helper in your time of need. Always. More, more reliable than, than, than gravity. Absolutely. God is that ever-present help in our time of need. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You know what? I get tired. I get tired a lot. I was told once you cross 50, it gets, it gets bad and it just gets worse from there. I don't know about the rest of it, but I know the 50 thing's real. It told me that about 40, but that was true too. But 50, is, oh my goodness. You just need naps. Yeah, you just need naps. After 50, you just need naps. 
So sometimes when I am trying to, I want to or desire to, to help myself or help people, I get tired and I just have to stop. Sometimes I just got to take a nap. Sometimes I just got, just got to decompress a little bit. Watch a little bit of TV, maybe. Read a book. I love reading books. The important thing, though, is I need breaks. Here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't. You know the whole seven-day rest thing? It wasn't because God needed the rest on the seventh day. He was setting a precedent for us. He was setting a precedent that, yeah, we need the rest. God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't take breaks. He doesn't take naps. There isn't anything that happens to you that he didn't see because he was taking a little siesta. It doesn't happen. Everything that you deal with, everything that, that, that you confront, everything that throws itself or interjects itself into your life does not go without the notice of God. Nothing. God is the only one who is with you 24-7. Even when you are sleeping and you are unaware of what's going on around you, your helper still stands watch over you. He does. He doesn't sleep. The watcher of Israel, he never slumbers, nor does he sleep. He tirelessly watches over you. Nothing you say, nothing you think, nothing you do goes without the notice of God. Can you say that about anybody else in your life? No. You can't. Because God is more faithful. Your helper in your time of need is more helpful. He's more faithful to you than any human could ever possibly be. Because we have human limitations. God is not bound by any limitation. He's not bound by anything. Natural laws, we've seen it. The Red Sea thing. Well, there's, there's a natural law that got defied. Who could have done such a thing? Only God. He fed his people in the wilderness all that time. Food shows up on the ground, water out of rocks. We were talking about that. We were talking about that in Sunday school. That defies the law of nature. I guarantee it. We go out there and find two rocks and, and, and speak to them. They're not going to give us water. It ain't going to happen. God is not limited even by our natural laws. God has no limitations. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He cares about you. He loves you. He stands watch over you. You know, we talk about guardian angels and stuff like that. You want to know what? That's the cool thing about God. I don't know why he uses angels. He doesn't need them. He can do it all by himself. Maybe he just like maybe it's just cool having angels. I don't know. But my God needs no one or no thing, but he chooses you. He chooses us. He needs nothing. He is holy, 
holy, holy. He is complete. He's without sin. He needs nothing. But he's chosen you. And he watches over you. Just as he does his Israel. Does that go forward? Yes. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at, at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord is like shade. Okay, where's my beach people at? Sitting out on the beach for hours. Let's say we don't go out till 11.30-ish. Stay till about 2, 3 o'clock. Does it get hot? It gets really hot. I have any veterans here that ever went to Afghanistan or Iraq? I've heard stories about that. Sounds like it gets hot. It's sunny and it's hot. Why would shade, what would shade mean? In that context of the beach, when you're being beat down upon relentlessly, even if you're a sun guy like me, I love the sun, I love being warm. But even if those beams are just beating down on you relentlessly and burning you up, I'm a pale guy, I burn pretty bad. What would shade mean? Shade would be that protection. Instead of allowing me to be burnt up because I'm a pale guy, God shields us, protects us. He's like that shade. Oh, my goodness, it doesn't say it in here, but I'm, I can picture God as being like that ocean breeze too. Not only does he protect me from the, from the, the scorching thing that wants to burn me, not only does he protect me from that, I could picture him being like that ocean breeze. You know what I'm talking about. You're just like that deer panting for water. <laughs> I'm so hot. And that breeze comes. It's like, ah, oh, that's my God. My God is that refreshment, that refreshment. He's that, he's that, that sustainer and helper. When again, the, the, the sun, the elements, the things that, we, that are around us are trying to just attack us or burn us up, he is that shade. He is that protector. There's, a, there's more imagery in the book of Psalms. Think about, think about a bird and, and, and the baby birds being tucked up under their, her wing. That's shade. What else does that shade do? Think about that mother bird. As she's shading her her babies, not only does she protect them from the sun, but she also keeps them warm. So that shade goes both ways. It protects us from the elements. My helper and my God protects me from the things that are out to harm me. Watches over me, stands guard over me. They're the devil. The devil likes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
What do you think the devil would like to steal, kill, and destroy? You. The devil has one thing that he would love to do more than anything else, and it's take you out. Why? You're made in the likeness of God. To be honest, we're like ants to this guy. Without God, we were like ants compared to this devil guy. We know from, we know from the Bible that he was one of God's highest angels. We see in Revelation that he, that he took a third of God's angels with him. So this, 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 this Yahoo was able to convince a third of God's own angels to rebel against him. So without God, I'm, I'm no match for this guy, but he wants to kill me. Why, why is this little ant guy, why is the devil so worried about me? Because I am made in the image of the Most High God. We know from Genesis, God created every single one of you in his own image. So Satan hates you because he hates God that much. Why else does Satan want to squish me? Because he wants to hurt God. You may not realize this, but the thing that the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ shows us is that you are the object of God's greatest affection. You are the thing that God cares most about. There is nothing else in creation that he has adopted in the sonship but you. You're it. You are the thing that God values above everything else. Enough that he would send his son Jesus to die in your place. Satan wants to squish you because it hurts God if he can still kill or destroy you. Why else does he want to squish you? We talked about this in Sunday school. Believers are co-heirs with Christ. What does that mean? A believer will enjoy the benefits of heaven for eternity. Something that the devil never will. He had his place in glory and he threw it away because he wanted it all. So you will have a place in glory forever and ever as a believer because you are a co-heir with Christ. He's jealous of you. So why is it so important that God keeps watch over me? Because there's somebody who wants to kill me. And the only thing that can protect me is God himself. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. God is so much greater. My helper, the helper that when I call upon his name, and I call the name of Jesus as I'm looking up to the heavens, that same God stands watch and protects me. If you made it to church this morning, let me, let me, let me cue you in on something. If you're here, you made it to church this morning. God was watching over you and protecting you. If you got up this morning and you had breath in your lungs, God has a purpose for you. Your helper has a purpose for you. God has a lot of names. 
actually, this really kind of jumped out at me yesterday when we were we were going to take Leslie to her, her resting place. There was a road right there called Ebenezer Church, I think it was, Ebenezer Church. Jehovah Ezer. What does that mean? The Lord, Jehovah, the Lord, Ezer, my help. One of God's name, one of God's names is the Lord, my help, Jehovah Ezer. Ebenezer, what is that? It's the stone of my help. But God, one of God's very names is that he is your helper. Can you relate to this picture? This picture wigs out my wife. I guess she's afraid of drowning. I don't know. I can see why. But this is one of my favorite pictures in the world because I get this picture. I live in a place of need. I live in a place that when I'm separated, which I can't be, but you know where I'm going. If I feel separated from God, I feel like I'm drowning. Because to be honest, without God, I would be. Would be. This week has been crazy. It's been crazy. And I'm not walking a road right now that many people here haven't walked themselves. You know, you know, you know. And it just keeps coming. But God is my helper. When I feel like I'm under the water, like I would be in this picture, where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker of the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1, what do we know about Jesus? He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1, everything that was ever made was made through him. Jesus, the Word, the Word who was with God, the Word who was God. I want to confront you with a question. You feel like you're drowning right now? Do you feel like, even if you don't feel like you're drowning, maybe it's not quite that bad. Here's the cool thing about God. He's just as concerned about the big things in your life as he is the small things and vice versa. Is there something in your life right now that you need God's help with? I would, I'm not a betting man. I used to bet cereal with a guy named Scott Hansaker, but that was about it. Lucky Charms, we'd bet that. But if I were a betting man, I bet I could go to each and every one of you in this sanctuary and you have a need of help in some way, shape, or form. We're going to pray to Father now. We're going to pray to Yahweh. I am 
I am your help. Yahweh, Ezer, my God, my help. I am.